0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out. HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is the one, the only, Tyler P. Watch. What's up, Tyler?
1: Michael, how are you this fine, fine day?
0: It's, I'm doing great. It's the holiday season. I'm in the spirit. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Tyler, and to all the listeners. Um, it's it's almost the casual's uh, opening day coming up here on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it should be a really fun slate again. Um, it is a very long day of basketball if you partake in all of it. But a very fun day, and obviously
0: the day where people start actually paying attention. Yeah, I do. I do par- I partake in the whole thing. I wake up, put on my TV. I watch every game, even the blowouts. Um, I might be doing something else during the blowouts, but it is certainly one of my uh, favorite days of the year as an NBA fan. But as a fantasy basketball, you know, podcast slash. Analyst slash uh, just player. It's week ten, and if you're in a a head to head playoff league, we're like almost, if not at the
2: halfway point of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. And if you cut out those last couple weeks, you're probably uh, more than halfway to your playoffs. Right? Like your playoffs start in week eighteen, week nineteen. Some people even start their playoffs in sixteen or seventeen. Like you're getting close before you know it.
0: Yeah, and I think, man, starting your playoffs in, in February, early February, the first week of February, that's that's that feels a little too early. I, once again, will say it, I said it before, I'll say it again, Roto is the, my favorite way to play. Um, you should play however, whatever your favorite way to play is, you should play it that way. But, I, I, as always, will suggest, playing in a Roto League, because it is absolutely... Start to finish, the last day of the season matters, and everyone's in the same boat with their players falling out of place, but you're not worried about a head-to-head matchup in the playoffs with your guy sitting, Giannis not playing, or Dame out, or LeBron sitting, whatever. Everyone is scrambling to figure their own roto rankings out as the season progresses. Every week of the season is important every day of the season is important and i've seen i literally have seen this is this is a true story one of our leagues was won on the final day of the final game of the new york knicks OB toppen took a turn of meaningless turnaround insane three-pointer for no reason whatsoever because the game was already out of hand at the end of the game if it goes in uh, the guy in second one moved to first on, I believe, field goal percentage. And it went in. A guy lost a league because of Obi Toppin's turnaround, th- insane, horribly shot turnaround three. That's how exciting Roto can be.
1: Yeah, and we talk about this all the time, right? There's just like a lot of different layers to it that most people, um, it's hard to get into, but once you do get into it, it can be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing, but I mean, a majority of the people play head-to-head, and I think right now, you should know whether or not you are headed for the playoffs or not. And I would say, quite frankly, Tyler, if you aren't sure your team is going to make the playoffs, then your team is not making the playoffs. That's how you should approach it. You should approach it that your team's not making the playoffs right now.
1: But yeah, 100%. And you should be trying to make moves so your team does make the playoffs.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, there's still a lot going on right now. Um, Kyrie Irving is uh, injured again, but it seems like he's coming back. Luka Doncic is sitting out. Uh, Some things that have happened that I I honestly cannot explain uh, is that the LA Clippers have been insanely healthy this season. And... We we kind of talk about this off and on more more often than not. Long term trends, everything reverts back to the mean. Doesn't mean just because Kawhi Leonard's played twenty seven games this season that he's due to get injured. But I would say it is he is due to especially these older players. They are due to probably rest a more. In the middle of the season, now that the wear and tears started to happen on their body, everybody gets up for Christmas, and then January, kind of the doldrums of the season, everybody kind of, you know, is saving themselves for their playoffs, right? And so January almost feels like silly season, and then February turns into trade season, which also really stirs everything up.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think this year we're going
1: to see actually more activity at the trade deadline than we have even in the past for one simple reason that um, those second apron rules really kick in in full effect um, at the end of the season. So those teams that are going to be over the second tax apron basically have to get whatever pieces they are going to get for the future right now.
0: Yes, 100%. And I think, you know what, take uh, take the same approach. Whatever assets you think you need to get for your team in order to make the playoffs, that's what you should be doing. And I think we're we're so far into the season. I'm looking at the kind of trending transactions over the last few days. I feel like we're, since we're not in silly season yet, the waiver wire and the and the trending transactions that you see on Yahoo, None of the names that I you see here stand out as anything other than people making decisions about who to stream, when to stream, um, and, you know, only a handful of names would I even be like, oh yeah, these are great moves. But most of them are players I wouldn't say for the rest of the season are going to be, make or break your team. They might make or break your week, but that's the kind of scrap um the scrapping that you gotta do at this point in the season because the waiver wire's been cleaned out. Anybody who's got potential, I think uh coolability in uh in um Washington, right? If he's he's got some like upside potential, right? I, I I can't find him in any really any league that I'm in. He people are already like, hey, I'm willing to take the long term view on that guy.
2: Yeah, and smartly so, right? Like, the Wizards are bad and they're only
1: getting worse. Like, they're not going to be competing for anything this year. So, they are going to play their young guys at the end of the season. And Kulabali is their. Uh, Kulabali may be the only player on their current roster who is still on the roster for their next team that makes the playoffs.
0: Yes, because he does seem like he's pretty good. I, I I can't say that he's even going to be ready to be good, even in a fantasy perspective. Though you know the 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 projection of his what he could do with steals and blocks, etc., right, is really good. It it he looks like he could be a very quality fantasy player, but does he turn into that quality fantasy player this season? Even if the Wizards, who are one of the worst teams, in the league, just go, yeah, let's just throw him out there for like 35, 36 minutes a night. Let's just let him let him ride. to what happens. Even with that opportunity, it's really not a guarantee that it becomes like a top 75 player. He's got the skill to do it, but I, I don't know if that's in the cards this season. So like that that's the kind of players you're talking about left either on the waiver wire or not even on the waiver wire.
1: Yeah, and I think that just goes to a lot of people like looking more forward and also just like the amount of information that's out there, right? Like, it's harder to play the Water Wire now because everyone's tuned in and everyone follows, you know, good people on Twitter and they know who to pick up and
0: when. Oh, 100%. So, like, you know, I I do think you should, if you want to scrap, you want to scrap well, you should be paying attention to. Really minute things like when Wimby sits, Zach Collins goes off. When um, what's why what, completely? Chris Taps Porzingis there? That's the name I'm looking for. I was like, who's that guy? He's really tall. He's white. He gets injured a lot. He's in Boston. When Chris Taps Porzingis doesn't play out, they let Al Horford go, and Al Horford is putting up very good numbers when he's in that type of situation. And then literally Al Horford does not play the next game if he, if he plays like over 30 minutes a game. So it's like you almost have to be paying attention at even a, a, a day-by-day level in order to make those small advantages. Um, one of the questions I have for you, Tyler, is potentially, right? Um, Jalen Johnson? Why does that sound wrong? Atlanta Hawks. That's right. Jalen Johnson, yeah, Jalen Johnson does sound like he is um, potentially being uh, has had a positive uh, evaluation. Uh, it does seem like he might his his return is semi imminent. Um, I hope anyway because I have him on my team. Hunter, um, has been kind of the, I would say the. DeAndre Hunter's probably had like the best return on value with Jalen Johnson out. Looking at those two players, both fantasy relevant. Obviously, Jalen Johnson ranked in the top fifty when he was playing in over uh, only thirty minutes a game. Right, rest of the season. If, if if Jalen Johnson's on your waiver wire, I think you have to pick him up. But rest of the season are is that rotation in Atlanta, uh, especially with the fact that Bogdan Bogdanovich is also um, playing fairly well and they still haven't figured out when they want to use on Kongwu, Is that rotation going to be, um, I guess, a positive thing for someone like Jalen Johnson? Or is this going to be like a, a timeshare that ruins everybody's lives?
1: Um, I think Jalen Johnson was breaking out right before his injury. I think he's playing 29 and a half minutes a game for the season. Uh, the Hawks are bad. They were bad without him. They were actually not doing that bad with him. Um, So, and also he was actually playing quite a bit more because he only played eight minutes in that 15th game when he got hurt. So he was actually playing 31.4 minutes um, in his first 14 games. So I think Johnson's going to come back. He's going to play a lot. Um, As for the Hawks rotation for the whole season, at some point Atlanta's got to shake things up, right? Like they keep, thinking they're going to be good and they keep thinking they're going to repeat that conference finals run they made what like three years ago now and somehow they just keep getting worse so um I would not be surprised to see the Hawks make a move at the deadline what move I don't know but I think Jalen Johnson is definitely uh, a piece of their future core I mean the 22 year old uh, was playing really well before he got hurt and I would expect him to play at a similar level when he returns
0: yeah, he seems like he has kind of that uh, that full tool set. The block, the steal, um, the three. I wish those threes would obviously go up. Um, one three a game isn't in today's NBA, and especially fantasy, it's not that great. But his percentages, are, uh, his his field goal percentage is good. His free throw percentage, not so much. But a block and a steal, seven rebounds, fourteen points. That's something you can be like at, at that age, especially twenty-two. You can go, "Hey, there's something here. Long-term wise, this really could pan out." Unlike Coolability or some of these other really young players, I, I think you, you are seeing Jalen Johnson turn the corner. While those other guys, when they turn the corner, might be next month, might be next year, not really sure. So, I, you know, I definitely put priority on Jalen Johnson, but I think you. You're dead on. Atlanta feels like one of those teams has got to figure out um, what they're going to do for the future, which makes them a prime trade candidate.
2: Yeah, and I would say they're not the only one, right? Like, there's a lot of teams that are already
1: tanking that will sell off some veterans and go super young for the end. Um, there are some teams that need to make a decision in the middle there and I think a lot of them are going to sell, especially if there's a lot of buyers. Um, so we could see a lot of teams kind of really shake up their roster and uh, that'll be good and bad for fantasy right? because those young players that you know are sitting on the waiver wire that are playing you know 10, 15 minutes a game right now might end up playing 30 35 minutes by the end of the season. so um, yeah the trade deadline could really have some massive ripple effects.
0: Hundred percent. I think you know the rap. We keep talking about the Raptors. I almost feel like the Raptors won't make a trade because everyone assumes they definitely will make a trade. But like the, the Raptors, depending on who they get back, you have this weird uh, group of dudes like Jalen McDaniels or Chris Bouchard or Precious Achua who suddenly could go from fourteen minutes that they're to eighteen minutes that they're playing now to playing. Significantly more, and we all know that like Chris Bouchard and Presador Chua have been fantasy relevant when they get the minutes, right? So depending on what that looks like and who's left on the team, I think uh, you know Jakapodal. Even if he's still on the team, right? He goes from 26 minutes to playing a lot more. Um, and honestly, he looks like he, he doesn't look like he's having that great of a year. But Jacoby is still like a, a very good like traditional um, winner. and I I think his second half will be, I th- I think he'll I think he's kind of like a, a buy low candidate in my opinion. Scotty Barnes went from like the hottest hand in the league to being like in, in insanely good, and I think if you held on to him, you made the right decision there. But if Pascal Siakam goes to another team, Tyler is is that like a kind of like a right now a buy low on Pascal Siakam.
1: Yeah. Siakam is definitely someone I would be trying to buy in the sense that, uh, he has been not as good as he is going to be in a lot of ways. Right. I think the scoring could go up a little bit. I think steals could go up a little bit. I think point two blocks seems very low for him. Um, I also think we could just see Siakam like move to a new team and maybe get some more fire. Like the Raptors are so—they're such a weird team to watch, right? They're like some nights they play super good and they beat the best team in the league, and the other nights they are playing insert tanking team here and they're somehow losing the game in the fourth quarter. Like they just are maddening in a lot of ways, and I think Siakam is one person that will benefit if he gets traded because. He, he, obviously, is a two-time All-Star, like, a lot more potential, and could be better in almost every category?
0: Yes. Like, every single category. This dude was, like, on a trajectory entering his prime to be, like, a top-25 fantasy player. Um, he did it over a stretch of last season. He was a top-20, I think, top-20 player. Whatever's going on here in in Toronto... Maybe it's simply just Scotty Barnes is the dude. Scotty, everybody on the team agrees Scotty Barnes is the dude, and all of that production, all of that that role, that place on the team that Pascal Siakam used to take up, Scotty Barnes is taking it up. And you know, maybe that's simply it, and that change of scenery returns Pascal Siakam. I think his ceiling is incredibly high, right? So uh, I don't think that's disappeared, and he still has the potential to play as well as he did last year. So uh, I, I definitely think he is a bi-low uh, candidate. And the Toronto Raptors are probably a team that will make a decision, um, a surprising team that needs a middling team that needs to make a decision, are the Golden State Warriors. Like, are they in the playoffs, Tyler?
1: Uh, right now they're not. That's for certain. Um, the, the weird part about the Warriors is, like, they – Pay, you know they're paying this crazy luxury tax bill to keep that team together and they're just not very good and obviously I have a big decision on what to do with Clay Thompson who has been you know uh, a key piece of their dynasty right um, do they keep Clay Thompson are they willing to pay him thirty plus million next season they shouldn't be if not for the clay we're seeing right now. Yes. Um. So does does that f- force them to make a trade at some point? They also have Chris Paul's semi-expiring contract. He has, like, no money guaranteed for next season uh, that they could use. I mean, that's a $30 million contract. Like, they could trade that for a big piece.
0: Yeah, and I think, quite frankly, if you have Steph Curry, you could win any night. Granted, in a seven-game series... If your team is just Steph Curry, chances are there's a way. To, I mean, teams have figured that out when they were at their prime, so they certainly could figure out where a team is not that good around Steph Curry. They can figure out how to stop Steph Curry in seven games. So they are either going to go all in or go young. And I, I, I don't think they will go young because I don't think Kerr and the front office. I don't think that's how they want to proceed. If you have a prime year of Steph Curry, you try to win a championship. Period. Like that's it's, it's not like he's ever going to get any younger right but there is uh, over the last few days um trace jackson uh, davis has had a couple kind of impressive um short spurts um played 28 minutes the most minutes he's ever played against boston 10 13 three blocks with an assist What's what's your take on uh, Trace uh, Jackson Davis? Like, it feels, it feels like there's something there, but I also know that the Golden State Warriors almost never play a guy like this. Well,
2: and you
1: nailed it, right? Like, Trace Jackson Davis has been, you know, maybe the steal of this draft, right? Like, he wasn't picked in the second round. The 57th overall pick, so right near the end because there were two picks that weren't even made this year, right? So he was the next to the last pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Golden State, like, Kerr has been hesitant to play any of his young talent a lot of minutes, and, I mean, he continues to play Klay Thompson 40 minutes a game, and Klay's been better, um, in recent games, but, like, you know, Kaminga finally started, but, you know, Wiggins was starting for the first, like, 20-some games, right? And, like, he just kept sticking with Wiggins, and, you know, I don't know, like, was this just a weird one-off game or was it something to look for for the future? I'm not really sure. Uh, Wiggins is going to keep getting minutes. And if he ever has a good game, I would not be surprised if he starts right back in the starting lineup after that.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, I think Jackson Davis is a flash in the pan. Like it's, it's not, not, not long-term like in in years to come, right? He actually might be a really good player a really good NBA player. And a very good fantasy player, but unless the Golden State Warriors blow it up, I don't I don't see this guy getting much other than hey, the team's super depleted. We need someone to go out there and play thirty minutes. He'll go out there, which is makes him a fantastic stream. But I don't, I don't see him as like hey, I found someone to stash for the rest of the season.
1: Well, here here's the other thing about it too. They needed some you know they needed some size. Like Looney didn't play that much, but in the Celtics. You know, they've got Chris Epps, Porzingis, which they didn't have in this game, right? But they have Al Horford um, mm-hmm. in this game who played 38 minutes. So they needed somebody to match up against Horford. Uh, Looney's not a great option, but Jackson Davis is more of like a, a power forward there that can, can check Horford a little bit better. And, I mean, obviously the other option was Dario Arch, which, yeah. I mean, Dario Saric has had some good games this year, but uh, Dario Saric is not like a super big physical player.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think Dario Saric is the answer to too many questions um, when it comes to just I mean the NBA in general. No offense, to Dario Saric, he's I mean he's he's good. Um, here's a question I have for you, Tyler. This is a guy who I cannot at all figure out. He finally got a start. You know, granted, Miles Turner was out, so Indiana. Allegedly, according to the people, according to the fans, according to the experts, best bench in the league. Isaiah Jackson is 21 years old, still. Still only 21 years old. In his per minutes, his, his per 36 looks very, very welcoming. He finally got those. I mean, he started and still only played 24 minutes, right? Which, and he wasn't in foul trouble, so it was still kind of silly. But Isaiah Jackson has the ability to get solid rebounds, blocks, steals, um, and pretty decent points. Is this player. I, the thing is, I can't decide when to ever pick him up to stream. And I certainly don't know in the long term if his role is anything but guy they sometimes play and leave in if he's playing well, which you cannot predict at all.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's what he's going to be, just in the sense that
1: he averages 2.9 fouls in 14.8 minutes a game. So that's three fouls in 15 minutes. So he would literally foul out in
2: every game if he played 30 minutes a night. Let him. You know what I um, say. Let that, him fall out. Let 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 it happen. That's, it's part of the game.
1: That's thing one. Uh, thing two is just it's Rick Carlisle. He's you know a little finicky with his rotations, and he likes to uh, kind of script things out. At least he did when he was in Dallas, and I'm pretty sure he's sticking with that in Indiana. Um, so I don't ever really see Isaiah Jackson playing a ton, ton. Um, which is not great for his fantasy value, and even if like guys miss time, like you mentioned, it like Miles Turner was out. He played twenty four minutes still. He only twenty four minutes. Like, I just don't see at any point this season Jackson playing more than uh, that kind of eighteen to twenty two to twenty four minute per game role, and it's just hard to produce, you know, real fantasy value in that role. I mean, the blocks are great. He's gonna keep blocking shots, but everything else is gonna leave you
2: wanting more.
0: Yeah, and I don't, maybe it's a personal preference. I don't like to play that game. I don't like to play the game, hey, if I leave this guy in, on average, he will produce solid stats. I don't, I don't like to do that, especially with a bench guy, right? Like, he's not worth a starting spot. So, I'm guessing what game he will be a great streamer for, which is impossible to guess. I don't want. I don't like playing that game unless I'm absolutely desperate and it's the last resort. Um, if this works out, I win the week or lose the week. If it doesn't, I'm okay to play it then. But I'm not. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to not have to make that decision with the with these weird freaky guys who don't have any sort of consistent rotation, consistent uh, production, and. Even just like a role, like that makes sense on a night-to-night basis on on a team. I just I I just can't do it. Uh, it's too stressful. It pisses me off too much when it doesn't work. Obviously, it's great. It's like gambling. Like when you win, it's great, and when you lose, you don't. I don't I don't want to. I don't want to be all pissed off that that I lost the week because Isaiah uh, played like you know four minutes and fouled out somehow.
1: Uh, yeah, I can understand that, right? And that's kind of how I stream it too. Is like I want someone that I know is going to do something. Well, speaking of someone
0: who we know can do something Wendell Carter jr is back in Orlando which puts a big giant fat question mark on everyone's favorite gogo go go Goga baditza who has the best name in the NBA honestly gogo is was it like is a st- is a standard league player while uh, Wendell Carter jr was out some really nice games, some four block games, uh, uh, you know, some, you know, the points. He's not really like a giant scorer, but the dude has been starting since the beginning of November, and um, he he did not play against Miami. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. He did play against Miami in, um, I believe that was Wendell Carter's return. Wendell Carter played 23 minutes. Gogo played 12. And tonight, Goga is not playing. And I don't know if that is a coach's decision, not play. And um, Wendell Carter only played 21 minutes while Mo Wagner went off 21 8 two, one steal, one block. Tyler, I bring all this up because we got ourselves a little rotation battle here in the end of December. I don't know what to do with it because I kind of... Like all three of these guys, if they play thirty two, thirty-three minutes. I don't know if any of them will
2: get that for the rest of the season. Uh well for Goga, I think we've seen that he's gonna play a
1: very limited role. Um, yes. just that's what that's what's happened for the last year plus, right? So for him, uh you had a nice run with him, but I would definitely drop him. Rwendo Carter, like, since he joined the Magic, he has not played more than 30 minutes a game, right? Like, he, uh, since joining 26.5, 29.9, 29.6, and 28.3 this year, um, so you got to feel like he's playing right around 30 minutes a game, um, and he's going to be their starter when he's healthy, and... You know what Wendell Carter is at this point, right? Like he's a a big man that doesn't really block a lot of shots, but he's going to get you like 15 points and eight rebounds, uh, which is nice, right? That part of it's nice. Um, Mo Wagner, he's going to be a bench option for them, and when he gets hot, they're going to leave him in. But I don't really think you want to own him either in fantasy. So I think Wendell Carter is the guy that you want, and you got to know what you're buying if you're going to trade for Wendell Carter. Because I mean, he's a big man that does some stuff, but he's not. I mean, he has not averaged more than point eight blocks since his rookie season in twenty nineteen. So,
0: yeah, and he—I mean, he's—he's he's fine. He's just kind of boring. Like his ceiling is fifteen and ten. You know, like half a steal, half a block. If he could approach three assists, that'd be great. Like he did a couple seasons ago in Orlando. But do I see that happening? I don't. Uh, no, not really. Especially since the team is very different than it was two uh, seasons ago. They don't need him to score 15 points a game. And I I just find it kind of wild that like Goga is like really good fantasy. And now he's going to be like a 13 minute two block somehow still get two blocks guy. And Mo Wagner is, has, puts up crazy lines, but then he just doesn't play at all. So, like, I, th- I agree with you, consistency-wise. Wendell Carter Jr. is going to play every single night, probably approach, uh, once he's back, uh, fully healthy, etc. Probably approaching that 28, 29, 30 minutes that he's always kind of played on this team. But his role behind Franz, behind Paulo, behind Cole Anthony... It, I mean, Jonathan Isaac's even there, like he's he's not being looked to to do anything other than get some rebounds and play some defense. And to me, that, I don't know if he's a standard league, uh, relevant player for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, sorry, I got caught up looking at a stat. You want
1: to hear a crazy stat? I'll give you a crazy yes. stat. What I think is a crazy stat about the match. Let's hear it. So Goga started how many games? Do you know the answer to this question?
0: Um, like all of uh, all of November. So, and most up until recently, most of December. So, I'm going to say fifteen games.
1: Twenty straight. Ooh. You know okay. how many times that when he was on the court, the Magic were outscored by more than one point.
0: Ooh, I have a feeling it's not. Good news. I th- I'm going to say twice. Or no, twice that they weren't outscored, right?
1: Yeah, so they, the, he was a negative one, pl- like plus, minus, or better in how many games?
0: Oh, um, twice.
1: <laughs> uh, no, it actually went the other way. He was a oh. negative, plus, minus, or better in all but two games. So 18 out of the 20. Wow. Okay. So the Magic mm. were good with him on the floor in a pretty yeah, they, they got a great decent record. sample size. So uh, for all the hate that he gets, like, oh, you know, he's just doing this. Now, his production is somewhat inconsistent, right? Like, you see some games with three rebounds and a bunch of games with, like, eight-plus rebounds. Um, so that part of it could be maddening for the Magic, but, like, at the same time, they were good with him. And so, is Wendell Carter a better player? Yeah, but should Goga probably get some minutes as a backup center? I think he should.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent, he should. I just don't know if they do. And may- maybe, maybe Wendell Carter comes out there, they start losing games. They're like, "Hey, what was actually working for us?" And you start seeing Goga working his way back in. I'd rather, quite frankly, because of the the blocks, would rather take a chance on Goga being coming back into that rotation. If I if I could choose one, right? Middling Wendell Carter Jr. or the chance that, and I had uh, unlimited resources, I had a bench spot, I was in first place, I don't care about trying to make the playoffs right now. I'd rather take a chance on Goga coming back into favor versus, like, riding Wendell Carter Jr. out for the rest of the season.
2: It's just a higher ceiling.
1: Well, for sure. I mean Carter Jr. in his now he's not played six games, but per game value, what is Carter Jr. ranked this season? Do you want to guess? Um
0: uh, like two
2: hundred.
1: Two hundred and ninety-second. Ooh. Which he's gonna play better. Bad. Like his per- sure. percentages are very bad right now, but like at the same time, we know what that experience is, and it's not great for fantasy. Like it's just I mean, like, even his best category, like his one Positive category, really? A two, I guess, because field goal percentage. But like two positive categories. It's a it.
2: like fifteen points is meh nah at this point, especially with so many people averaging like thirty a game. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's 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 really really hard to be like, hey, a guy who scores less than ten points a game. I want that guy on my team. Like it's just, it really is. It's just really impossible. You were talking about this earlier Tyler uh, before we started blocks skew rankings so incredibly much now that like Brooke Lopez who's leading the league in blocks per game um, is 13 and 5 the half a steal 1.4 assists I mean that sounds like if I listed everything to you it's like 49% 81 from the line on two shots Uh, 1.73s, 13 points, 4.8 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 0.7 steals. That doesn't sound like a really good player at all. That sounds like a middling player. 3.1 blocks, he's the 32nd ranked player in the league.
1: Yeah, and that's what's crazy is he's like bang average in like every other category except for assists where he's below average. Get yeah. the three point one blocks, make him thirty seventh. Like it's insane. This that's per game value. Like that's not totals. Like you can't say like, oh well, Brooke Lopez played more games than everybody else because he has. But this doesn't factor that in, right? Like twenty seven games yeah. is a lot. It's more than most other players. But at the same time, we're not factoring that in. Um, and that's why I tried to explain at the beginning of the season. Like I don't really look at blocks the same way. Like once you're over like one point eight, I'm just kind of saying, like, oh, you're really good at blocks. But I'm not valuing in that extra, like, block. Because at some point, like, I get too many blocks, and then I'm winning the category every week by 15, but it's not really helping me that much because I'm losing other categories.
0: I think a lot like, of guys... if, if
2: you Luke... have... Brooke... Yeah. I'll keep going. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, no, a lot, no, if a if lot of Brooke guys Lopez... we talked about... Isaiah Jackson, Gogo Adiza. They're kind of known in the rankings because of their blocks.
1: Yeah, and like if you have guys like Nick Claxton and Brooke Lopez, and I mean, Jared Jackson really scores, right? But like those types, uh, Daniel Gafford, right? If you have Daniel Gafford, Nick Claxton, and Brooke Lopez, you have three top 55 players. But are you winning any other category other than rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage?
0: Yeah, this becomes a much different strategy if you're in, let's say, a Roto League, right? Where you could go get Danny Gafford, Zubach, Isaiah Jackson, uh, and just kind of run them over a course of, you know, three weeks, four weeks, maybe a month, and start building your block category up and get those points up but it's a huge detriment to all of those quality games missed when it comes to all the other statistics. You know, is Nick Claxton really a top 50 player? 11-9, and less than a half a steal, 1.4 assists, no three-pointers? Is that a top 50 player? No.
1: Well, um, so I will read you the rankings of those players if you take blocks out. You ready for this?
2: Let me hear it. Rick Lopez, where do you think he's ranked? Um, No block. Probably probably like 110. 130th.
1: So barely standard league relevant. Nick Claxton, 132. And Daniel Gafford, 126. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you take blocks, just blocks. So that, that still counts their field goal percentage and their rebounds. Like all those guys are barely standardly relevant. And that's why, like I, to me right now, the best strategy in fantasy basketball is pump blocks because all those guys are getting artificially inflated and going like super high, and they're really not giving you any value other than blocks.
0: I think that's exactly why players that are with, with if you punt if you kind of get rid of those blocks out of the um, out of out of your rankings, right? but are still ranked really well. Like, you know, Chet Holgren is 43rd when it comes, because his percentages are fantastic, without blocks. Uh, Scotty Barnes is uh, still 22nd. Good blocks. And is a a top 25 player like in a weird way, makes him way more valuable than someone like Brooke Lopez, who gets more blocks, significantly more blocks than him, but does nothing else.
1: Yeah, 100%. And like, it's fine to have those players. Like, okay, I get it. You want to compete in blocks. Like, you need a Brook Lopez, you need a Nick Claxton. you need one of those guys. But like, at the same time, I think you're losing out in a lot of other areas where you could probably trade some of those guys, right? Like, people will look at the rankings just like you do. Could you trade Brooke Lopez for I don't know Anthony Simons or Fred VanVleet and get a way
2: better player?
0: Probably, I mean, I certainly wouldn't give up Fred VanVleet,
2: but someone might. Yeah. yeah, and they're
1: like similarly ranked in the ranks right now. Like Fred VanVleet's 40th. Even someone like uh, let's look at people outside the top 50. Right, you got like DeMar DeRozan. Who would rather have DeMar DeRozan or Brooke
2: Lopez? DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the Rose is going to give it to you in other categories.
0: Yes. Like, I think that's right now you got to go look at your rankings, your categories, your standings, and make those decisions. And I think you're 100% right. Just blocks are so fluky from week to week, anyway. Don't, if you got block guys and you're kind of like still winning only like half of your block weeks. Maybe it's time to just lose all of your block weeks, but now you're going to win two other categories because you traded Brook Lopez for DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan's playing well. Like, he's going to... Uh, he might get traded, but he, he's still going to do DeMar DeRozan stuff wherever he goes. And he might just stay on the bulls. They might just go, eh, we can't really get rid of him. So uh, here you are. You're, you're, you're actually winning games here, so the the out to you.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, some of the offers that you see out there are like, oh, this team's going to trade the 24th pick for DeMar DeRozan and, like, whatever salary matchers work out. And I'm like, I don't know. At that point, do you just keep the Rosen? Like, what's the 24th pick going to give you? Especially in a draft that's not very good.
0: Yes. It does not look like a very good draft. At all. Um, so that's,
2: that's what I mean. Like, he's
1: 35. I get that, but, like, at that point, I might just let him walk in free agency. Like I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna throw a dart at the wall, or I'm gonna maybe re-sign Demar Derozan. I think I might try to re-sign Demar Derozan, and if I lose out on that, I might be okay with it.
0: Yeah, just give him. a... I mean, the Bulls are financial champions. Uh, they always sign all of their players to reasonable contracts that, majority of the time, in a couple of years, looks fairly well. And they don't win any games. Like that's that's exactly they they don't pay any luxury tax every single year. By their shrewdness in those contract negotiations, they got like a ten out of ten in the GM NBA two K GM, and they got a zero out of ten in the uh, giving a shit that the fans want to win games. So shout out to the financial champs, Chicago Bulls. I think we have to mention that John Morant is back. Out of uh, I think contractually we are obligated to mention that John Morant is back. Thirty-four points, six rebounds, eight um, assists, two steals in his uh, return to the court. Could could his stock be any higher? Like, is this is this the ultimate sell high? Everybody's talking about John Morant. He's back. He hits the game-winning shot. Everybody's super pumped. Thirty-four points you got to remember, John Morant, who everybody is a big fan of, last season, 56th overall player post-trade deadline, 92nd overall player in 16 games, two seasons ago, 34th with 27, 6, and almost 7 assists, right? But that free throw percentage is super poor. Um, And the the threes aren't there for a point guard. Obviously, the scoring's there. Pilot, are you like are you excited about John Moran being back? Other than I mean, maybe as an NBA person, but like
2: fantasy wise, like, eh.
1: And John Moran is always a better NBA player than fantasy player. Uh, that's factual. Uh, I guess I'll ask you the question that I don't think anyone's asking, but maybe they should be. Um worry level on John Morant, right? If Zion Williamson is a ten, because he's always hurt. Or you know, insert player here. Who's the ten? Um, and the Iron Man who never misses a game
2: is a zero. How worried hmm. are you about John Morant?
0: Hmm, that's a good question. I'm probably gonna say like a six right now because he did. He doesn't have the beginning of the season wear and tear on him right now, right? So it might be a little bit higher if he had been playing this whole time. But like, like he's he's an injury prone dude. Uh, and he's only twenty-four.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just part of the style that he plays, right? Like he's never been a great shooter. He is exceptional at attacking the basket, but he is a fairly small man for NBA standards, right? I mean, like he's six-two and one hundred seventy-four pounds, which is uh, way bigger than I am. But for NBA standards, he's pretty small, and so he's he plays
0: crazy. Prone to he plays out a right. Yeah. It's out of his mind. He plays above the rim and like, it's fun. It's great to watch. So Derek Rose was great to watch when he was healthy.
1: Yeah. And so, I don't know, I guess I'm excited about John Morant in the sense that it's good for the NBA, that he's on the court. Um, sure. but you have the injury factor and the, I don't know what, it, well, the reason he got suspended factor, like just not using his brain. Um, so, I guess I'm a little bit worried about him going forward. If I have him on my team, I, I would definitely float some offers out there and see what I could get. Like, I mean, he's the fourth ranked player after one game, which is great. If you could trade him for anyone in the top 35, I would do that.
0: Yeah, maybe even top 50, right? Like, uh, if you can stay at maybe anyone in that ranked section that we talk about, you know, that one through, you know, forty-five, forty-six, 46, or even someone who's like, one of those borderline top plateau players because that's kind of where John Moran is. He's a top plateau player um who scores a shit ton. That makes that makes him a ranked player, right? That makes that makes him his scoring is what makes puts him over the top. But like I don't know, Darius Garland's injured right now, but should be back soon. Would you rather have Darius Garland the rest of the season or John Morant? Oh
1: well Garland's out for like a month. He broke his jaw, right?
2: Yeah, which sucks.
1: So, uh, yeah, so I, I think right now I'd probably rather have my ranch just because, like, I don't know how quickly you recover from a broken jaw, but it sounds bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, even in like after a month, you're probably not like, can't wait to get back on the court and not break my jaw. So maybe that's a bad example. Right.
1: Uh, but I, I mean, I think the point is fair that like, I mean, John Mar- or, yeah, Darius Garland would be inside my top 36 if they were both healthy and John Morant wouldn't be.
0: No, John Morant would definitely not be. Um, Yeah, I'd much rather have Fred Van Fleet. I'd much rather have a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of point guards out there. Um, Jamal Murray is kind of like the equivalent in my opinion, where it's like Jamal Murray's like good. But like Jamal Murray's also like not the greatest fantasy player. He doesn't score as much, but he can score like John Morant. They feel like very similar, and I think I'd still rather have Jamal Murray.
1: I just feel better about Jamal Murray playing uh, the rest of the season than over John Morant.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. Like Just because he's back from his suspension doesn't mean he doesn't break his hand or have another one of those injuries where he misses a month. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Maybe we're too big of John haters, but... Yeah, it's just it's it's a, it's a worrisome situation in my, opinion. but that's just my opinion, and I think that's it for this episode. If you like the show, please rate, review us, or go check us out on Twitter. You can find Tyler at Tyler P Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes, and we will see you next time.